guys, this is Nick. In the name of the FC Schalke Nofia team, I want to congratulate you on your 100th episode. Thanks for supporting us in the U.S., and hopefully there will be many more episodes of your podcast in the future. Glück auf! Blau und weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum Das Einziger Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 102, 102 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. This podcast aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. As always, joining me on the show is Jack Mangan. How are we doing tonight? You know, Richard, there's a lot of things you can say about this Schalke team. You know what you can't say? What's that? Can't say they don't earn points. We're on the board, baby. We're on the board. And I'll drink to that, man. You know what? I'll drink. I'll drink to that as well. I mean, now, granted, we are uh, we're celebrating a home draw to Union Berlin, which shows you how way, far we have fallen. But you know what? You got you got to take you got to take what you get. And yeah. I think uh, this was a slight improvement in terms of the performance we saw, which we will get into, yeah. and it's something yeah. that we can build off of. Now, obviously, we're going to be going into the Dortmund match here next, which is not going to be an easy one. But uh, this is this is basically what we wanted, right? We, we said Manuel Baum is going to have the international break to get some work in with this team, and then we'll see how we look against Union Berlin. And what we what we said was we just want to see a halfway decent performance that shows that there's something going on there. And I think uh, I think we got that today. Would you agree? I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it certainly is an improvement, and we can we'll get into that. But uh, we wanted to see fight. I mean, that's the only thing we wanted. And you know, we'll get to what the Oh, we can talk about it, the Ultras right now because the Ultras actually met with the team after the match. Uh, and basically they said, you know, okay, that was okay, better performance. We need to see that and more against the Derby because that's a whole other level. And if you don't, we're going to see you next week. So um, try, I guess it's motivation or threatening, but uh, it, it, there has been improvements and the team is fi fighting now. Um, and yeah, that's that's all we're asking is this fight and, and at least make an attempt to look like, you're, like, you're, like you want to play out there, like you have passion. Uh, we've seen that finally, I think. It's getting there. It's better than it has been. Um, yeah, I mean, plenty yeah. to work on still, yeah. and a lot of areas where uh, we're, you know we're still weak and we were not impressive today, and we'll, we'll talk about those. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's a result, and uh, it, it's a result where there's a couple specific things that that seem to be better than what we've been seeing recently. So, uh, you know, that's all we can ask for coming out of the international break, and and you know, we we, we go from here. So tonight, you know, we're both drinking. Uh, we're celebrating, and and it's a long way from where we we have been. So I've got my little four roses, you know, because it's kind of sad that we're celebrating at one point. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, some Elijah Craig at the moment. Actually. Oh, nice. Okay. But. All right. Well, let's get into the news, Jack. Um, uh, well, first things first, if you haven't done so yet, uh, sign up for the Schalke U.S. newsletter. Uh, not only are you going to get info on the club, uh, but you get the latest on all the local fan clubs across North America. Stay to the latest on that and also get you know updates on our podcast as well. Uh, so let's get into the news real quick before we get into the previews uh, really quick here. Uh, first, Chan Bazdwan gets an extension to 2024. Uh, happy about this move? Yeah, absolutely. I think you and I would probably agree that um, outside of Ahmed Kituchu, Bazdwan is probably um, – the young player that's recently come through the Knappenschmina that we're probably most excited about, uh, you know, still hasn't had too many opportunities to, to show us what he's capable of. But I think the things we like about him are that in general for his age, he's pretty composed on the ball, you know, decent passer, decent possession, yeah. um, you know, able to affect things going forward in the final third a little bit as well. Um, not trying to overstate that, but, you know, has, has you know, can, can do some things in the final third. So, yeah. Um, no. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So to, to get an extension with him it, it, it is nice, um, especially everything that's going on with the club. It's nice to lock in some of these guys while we can, um, so that we're not at risk of losing any more people on free transfers. We've talked about that enough on this podcast. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very pleased with it. Yep. No, me too. Uh, I'm happy that we're actually now extending players, signing players, as opposed to you know trying to lose them on a free. So we got it for another three, four years now. So I'm happy. I'm really thrilled about that. Uh, next bit of info, uh, Mark Ut was injured uh, before the match, so he didn't get to play against Union Berlin. 
Um, obviously, he was starting to come into form. Uh, we saw in the test spiel against Powder- Powderborn, got the hat trick there. Um, he's starting to come into Baum's system, how he wants to use him, but it's a, an untimely injury for him. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious because a uh, big Derby matchup this weekend. Yeah, well, prior to today, he was our only goal scorer in the Bundesliga. So yeah. um, I guess by default, it's a big loss <laughs> if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's somebody who's, you know, he's been giving a second chance right now. And and we're still optimistic that he can be an important figure for him for him to, um, you know, to go down right as he's about to have his first, uh, you know, home match under under Baum is, is unfortunate. Hopefully he's back in the lineup soon. Yep. And before we get to the next bit of news, uh, just going to give a shout out to people uh, in the chat. Uh, Gerd's in here, says Gluka Alpha, it'll get better. I agree. I hope so, too. <laughs> uh, Joseph's in the house, says Derby mode is on. Let's upset Doofman. Uh, Matt's on, he says it's a confirmed behind result, too. That's an extra positive. I'll take that. Doug's in the house. Uh, what's up, Doug? Long time no see. What, a week? <laughs> All right, next bit of news. Uh, let's see. So... Um, an article came out by Kicker. Uh, we'll go really quickly to this because we don't have much information. Uh, I actually did a video recently for uh, the Shock America podcast or on the YouTube page uh, about the outsourcing. Uh, Joachim Schneider and um, Alexander Jobs came out and said, you know, Schalke are looking at possibly outsourcing the, you know, the club uh, in a way that Bayern does it sort of, but not exactly their model. Uh, they want to keep the tradition of the club going. What are your initial thoughts? Because we know nothing. We know nothing really right now. So we'll we'll do, we'll deep dive into this later when we get more info from them. But for now, initial reaction. Yeah. So it's exactly what you said. Until we have uh, more concrete details regarding what the plan looks like or what an initial draft of the plan looks like, I don't have a whole lot to comment on it because I don't want to. I don't want to judge it before I see it. Yeah. Um. My my, my assumption would be that you know majority of Schalke supporters would probably be at a minimum highly skeptical of anything like this um, restructuring the club in that way. But, you know, once again, we have to wait until it actually comes out and then, you know, who knows, maybe we'll be surprised and, and people will be more open to it than, than, than I would think. But, um, you know, they, they clearly think that this is necessary given the state the club's in at the moment. And I guess the question is whether or not we think we can survive. And if we are able to survive in the Bundesliga, whether or not we're okay with uh, performances kind of in line with this, maybe for a couple of seasons, if we're not able to invest in the squad until we're able to turn things around or if we're trying to maybe take a shortcut. But it's possible that, I mean, we've heard existential crisis, you know, phrases like that thrown out before. So it's possible that the hierarchy is viewing this um, not as an option, but potentially an imperative in order to ensure survival for the club. Yeah. Uh, Schalke Nation are no doubt about it, upset about this because we want to keep with our traditional roots. Um, but it does seem like with the times, it may be inevitable that this will have to happen. And wh- whatever variation this is, we're going to wait to see what uh, what the head people at Chalk would say. But um, yeah, until we get more information, I think it's going to be uh, just to sit back and uh, stew about it until we get more clarity on it, I guess. So, uh, and then, you know, speaking of being, you know, pissed off um, really quickly, uh, the Derby match with the U19s were today. Um, Dortmund have this fantastic youngster, 15 years old, freaking has a hat trick. I mean, even er- Erling Haaland said, you know, I've never seen anybody. I wasn't even this good when, when I was his age. This kid's got so many goals. Uh, but anyway, that's not the point. The point is he was racially abused during the game. Um, that's unacceptable, without a doubt. Um, hope they find this person, ban him for life. I don't throw him in jail. I don't give a shit. That's his bullshit and does not belong in, not only in sport, but in life in general, Jack. Yeah, I mean... Unequivocal condemnation on our side, uh, and so I, you know, we, we feel for this this young man, um, and we apologize on behalf, I think, of all Schalke supporters for what he uh, had to experience. Um, but from the Schalke perspective, just, I mean, the the last thing we need at the moment, yeah. I mean, especially in light of of the attention the Black Lives Matter movement has gotten um, in the sporting world, uh, you know, we're still seeing teams take a knee before kickoff sometimes uh and then also in light of you know the racism scandal with clemens tunnies last year uh the idea that any anybody affiliated with Schalke would think uh that uh this would ever be a good thing to do but um especially so uh right now is is pretty shocking and pretty absurd so uh disappointed to hear that that took place and hopefully we're able to figure out who was responsible and take appropriate action because we need to nip that in the bud as soon as possible yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, all right, let's. Uh, no easy way to transition out of this, but uh, let's. Uh, you know, we did play a match uh, against Union Berlin. Um, obviously, like 
we just came out of the international break, Jack. Um, you know, not much going on. There was a test spiel against uh, Paderborn. Uh, we looked, we did look very good, actually. You know, in that matchup, five-one victory. Uh, but this is obviously the Bundesliga. This is where it counts. This is where it matters. Uh, an interesting game. Uh, before we get into the game, the lineups real quick. Um, it, nothing too surprising, I guess. You know, Frederick Renault in goal. Uh, Kylian Ludwig uh, had you know played very well in the, in, in the Paderborn match. Uh, he started right back with Salif Sane, Nastasic in the middle with Achipka on the left. Uh, in the middle, you had a oh this is his formation was more of a probably to start the game probably a four two three one and then kind of shifted to a four four one four one. Uh, in the midfield, you had Benteleb, Mascarel, Chan Bazduan, uh, and then you also had Skripsky, Rahman, and up top you had Ibisevic. Uh, initial thoughts on the lineup. I was surprised by it, honestly. Uh, yeah. There was a couple names in there that I, I wouldn't have expected to be getting the start. Now, is that in part a result of the international break? And there's a couple people that maybe are tired from that and he wanted to give them some rest. Slash, he was working with a couple of these guys that weren't off on international duty. And so they, they were the ones that were um most actively getting instruction from him in that break so maybe that's why the selection was there but yeah i mean to see ibisevich uh skripsky and benito raman all starting uh together w- was not what i would have expected and then as, as for as for the shape um right when manuel bomb got hired you know you and i talked on the podcast about how if you look back at his uh his previous time um he you know the 4231 is a formation that he he favored quite a bit and so we were wondering if we were going to see that applied but the reason we were skeptical is that there aren't a lot of natural wingers in this Schalke squad and so there you know there, there's these sort of holes on the wings where where you would kind of need people to slot in and there's not really natural fits Robbie Matondo is probably the closest thing to that um, you could get away with calling Benito Raman a winger, but I'm not entirely convinced. Certainly, I wouldn't call Skripsky a winger. Um, so outside of those guys, it's like, you know, who would you put there? But um, but he went with it. And then, uh, as you said, in possession, even in the first half, people were talking about a shift in the second half. Even in the first half, I thought in possession, it switched to more of a um, 4-1-4-1 where Mascarell yeah. drops a little bit deeper. And then, you know, the eight, that would be the other holding midfielder pushes up and combines with you know that center attacking mid player and they form sort of dual eights in support of the striker um that was happening you know throughout the entire game which was interesting so um we'll have to see if it continues to use that i thought there were things that i liked about it um and and the one thing i will say in terms of the selection of ramon and skribsky is you know even though i'm skeptical about what they can add offensively i think they both put in serious shifts and covered a lot of ground and added a lot in terms of um the ball pressure in this game, which is important because if you're, if you can't affect things from the winger position offensively, as much as you'd like, you at least need to be contributing defensively. And I, and I think they did that for sure. Yeah. And you know, with the, with a formation um, you're right. I, I think uh, throughout the first half you saw, it kept going from a four, two, three, one to four, four, one, four, one. Uh, it's, it's certainly, you know, when, when they had the ball and were in the attack, they moved up to the four, one, four, one defensively, they tried to be a little bit more stout having that four, two, three, one, but then second half, they, you know, they took the chance, especially when they went down a goal. It was like, what else you got to lose? Might as well put all the chips in the basket there. Um, you know, I, as far as the insert, well, the lineup, I should say, uh, I wasn't too surprised about the lineup. Um, I, the one thing I was surprised, and maybe not so much, is Harit being omitted from the starting lineup. Um, I know he's coming off, an, uh, I guess, an injury, right? Uh, so probably don't want to push him. It's COVID. COVID. That's right. That's right. COVID. COVID. So. So maybe now I even less even reason why he, he didn't start. Um, so not sure about that. But, you know, looking at that test spiel, Ramon was really good in that game and playing that left wing. So I got that. Ibisevic looked good. So I, I got that. Skripsky, you uh, probably could have had better options, I think. But he didn't look terrible. I mean, uh, of all the guys in the, in the against Paderborn, he probably looked the worst. Um, so that was, that was a head scratcher for me. I agree with that. But um, it took him, what, 68 minutes to get into the game before he finally did something. And it kind of led to the goal. Uh, which we'll get to, but uh, yeah, overall it was an interesting lineup. Um, but I, I think most of all, I'm excited about uh, Ludovic. Uh, we're going to lose him, I guess, because he's alone. But he's been playing well, and he's he added a lot of uh, Kenny-esque type, um, you know, ball pressure, pushing up the field, uh, keeping the ball moving. It was very lively in that first half, and, and and all game long, and it was it was nice, nice change of see, nice change of pace there, Jack. Yeah, I don't know if we've seen enough of him to be able to judge exactly what he can contribute while he's on the ball. But I, I do think the work rate was there and there are some, some Kenny ask it at, um, 
Kenny-esque attributes, I should say. Um, and then, yeah, like a similar profile of player. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't think he did anything in this match in particular that made me, you know, really take note and say, wow, that was really good. But no, but he's uh, so also, far ahead of Broody. I mean, yeah, I also didn't notice him getting caught out that yeah. often. And yeah. I thought, you know, he was he was contributing in, in several different areas of the pitch at, at various times. So I thought I was totally fine with his with his performance. And I thought he slotted in quite well. Took a big old swig there, Jack. <laughs> Trying to feel I'm feeling that one. Um, yeah, so this game, what we wanted to see was an improvement from the last game. Um, it's really burning my throat right now. <laughs> uh, so the Tespio, we saw some good things. We wanted to see that relay into the Bundesliga. Um, I'm really, man, I <laughs> do not do this during live podcast ever again. Um, anyway, so yeah, no, the, the team, what we want to see some fight, some hustle. And we, I think we saw that, Jack. Um, it was not to the level we want by any stretch, but I think it's certainly the best we've seen in a long time from this club from the starting 11. And um, that's a, that's a positive you have to take away. The first half, though, you know, as the game went on, Union started taking more and more control of the game. I think we were fighting for loose balls. I mean, Jake says right here, Ramon worked his ass off all game long, and a lot of the players did, uh, going for loose balls. And that's what we're asking for is try. Just do something. Go for the damn ball. Don't just sit there and take things as they come. Yeah, and that's what I was saying is I thought Benito Ramon and, and Skripsky both put in a shift on the wings yeah. and, and really contributed. And and right from the, the first whistle, we saw um, significantly higher ball pressure than we've seen recently from Schalke, you know, really, really getting all the way up basically to the opponent's box at times, yeah. Um, yeah. pressuring the ball that far. I thought um, the presence of those double eights was useful in, in the pressing as well, because it allowed you to get, you know, if the ball is funneled out to the left back, it allows you to get, you know, the striker, one of those eights and the right winger, um, all closing in, and, and that seemed to be effective at times. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think there were there were things we looked a little bit more organized. Um, yeah. It looked slightly more intentional. Uh, the players seemed to be buying in, and and you know, it wasn't wasn't perfect, but we saw some positives. Yeah, and I, I think you mentioned the, the pressing. I think the pressing was a lot more evident in this game than it had been, you know, the previous game with Baum or any of the first two games under Wagner. Uh, so that certainly has increased, and that's we, we talked about this when Baum was hired. That other than the four two three one, he likes to press and try to cause turnovers, make the, the opposition feel uneasy, and I think we saw that. Uh, Jack, um, and in this an interesting note that uh, during the game, um, a friend of the show, James Thurgo, was talking about how Mark Boot uh, during the uh, the the winter break, or excuse me, the uh, international break, he was saying during practices, you know, Baum was saying, you know, no one could pass back to the defender or to the goalkeeper. Figure it out yourselves amongst the players. Look for other options, but don't give it to the goalkeeper. And in a way, it's trying to say, giving you confidence and let's attack. Don't don't just play defensively so much because. We need to see some positivity, and I think that's uh, we saw a little bit of that in the game. It's unfortunate that he's having to, re- you know, resort to that with professionals. Yeah, you know, that that seems like maybe something you would do with 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 younger players. Like, all right, you're not allowed to do this, whatever. But um, I, I like it, and I think it's probably necessary. Uh, yeah. And but you know, honestly, there, there's still too many times in this match where um, I, I don't think in possession we were we were shifting the ball side to side quick enough. Um, moving fast enough off the ball, so th- there's definitely um, some urgency that needs to to improve. And, and there's still times where you know there's a couple back passes and then just a long ball. When when I think you know we we should try harder to make something happen centrally through the midfield rather than you know playing it backwards or dumping it long. Um, and there's a couple notable examples of that. Where and one of them was actually Bosduan, where I was annoyed with with the decision that was made, but. Um, once again, it, it's it's sort of from the overall picture. I think, uh, you know, there's still some a, a few positives. I mean, yeah, I mean, offensively, we're not we're not good, and we're not we're not getting the ball into the final third enough. I think our xG for this game was like 0.25, um, and, and you know, we're still not um, you know finishing matches with a significant number of shots, and we're not we're not creating a lot of opportunities. So that's something to to work on. Um, uh, and you know, and maybe maybe it starts with some of those things that Bomb is doing in training, like you know, taking yeah. away some safety nets and, and and encouraging some more um, creative approaches, I should say. Yeah, no, and and you know, some of the things I kind of I didn't like either. I noticed that uh, Benito Ramon was not really taking Trimmel one on one. Yeah, Trimmel was pressing him a lot every time he got the ball, but still, you know, you like to see that one on one. You know, he's got the pace for that. Um, you know, speaking of pace, the club lacks pace, and you, you were mentioning the passing was not fast enough at times. And yeah, 
when, when you're when you're when you're slow afoot, you need to pick up the pace on the passing. That's the only way you're going to beat somebody is those quick passes, uh, tic tac kind of passes. Try to be a defense because you're not going to beat them with pace. And you know, with Ramon being pretty much the only guy that has kind of any kind of speed uh, in that starting lineup, you want to see more of that, uh, more faster pace, pa- faster passing, I should say. Uh, there wasn't enough of that, but uh, it was an improvement. We went into halftime zero zero, um, feeling feeling good about ourselves in the sense that we didn't give up a goal in the first half, uh, which has been notorious for us. Uh, but overall, I think it was a decent first half. It was a, certainly an improvement from what we've seen this season. Um, what were your takeaways of that first half? Yeah, when when the when the first half whistle blew, I don't think any of us were were saying, you know, that is just horrible football that we just watched. Correct. Um, Which we had been previously yeah. saying <laughs> wasn't what we'd like to see. Wasn't no. great. But I think everyone was like, okay, you know, it's some things to take away, and, and we're in the match um, yeah. as opposed to. We three nil down at halftime against Leipzig. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of that's the opponent, but you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, I, I was I was overall I was fine with how we did in the first half. Well, uh, the f- second half would definitely have all the fireworks. Um, uh, we'll, we'll fast forward to 55th minute. Uh, Union would have a, a corner kick. Uh, corner kick. They're, all their set pieces are typically taken by Trimble. Trimble is their main guy. He's their captain. Uh, he takes a corner kick. It gets cleared out by Sane. Uh, the ball kind of goes out real quick to, I think, a Becker. Uh, Trimble stays active in the play. No one kind of comes out to him, even though he's out there. He gets the ball. Uh, no one no one can, you know, closes in on him quick enough. He gets a cross off. Near pros, Frederich uh, gets the goal. Um, for me, on that goal, a lot of things happen. Uh, Frederick Renault was caught cheating, trying to go into the center instead of holding on to his post. Nastasic was very slow in the play. You know, was beaten by the other center back. And then thirdly, why was no one covering Trimble? You know, it's it's really unfortunate that the goal was scored in this way because I think I think Run overall played very well, and it was this one moment where he made a decision that I just don't understand. Um, like you said, you I mean you said he was he was caught cheating. Um, I mean to me, it almost looks like I don't know if he didn't see the run, the near post run, yeah, or he or he just completely misjudged the flight of the ball and thought there was no way that he was going to make contact with it. But yeah, it looked like he was stepping forward to intercept the ball, you know, in its flight where he thought it was going to be at that point. Um, and if he had stayed home, he's basically exactly in position to make that save in terms of where that where that ball ultimately comes in. So I mean, to me, that that's a goal that's almost entirely the goalkeeper's fault, and it's right. it's unfortunate because, like I said, he he played well. Overall, I thought he was decent in distribution. Made a couple really, really big saves, yeah. um, and and um, immediately looked like he he belonged and and, and was solid back there um, because of this Fairman injury. Um, so that, yeah, it, it just it's frustrating because I, I wanted to give him props, and then at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, you know, their goal is, is largely his fault. Yeah, yeah. I, I there was a couple saves. I mean, yeah, there were probably two or three saves he made. I thought I don't know if Fairman or Schubert would have made those saves. I mean, they were really great saves. I thought. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's a big time. Like, what are you doing, buddy? Uh, come on. Um, and the one thing we didn't want to see is go down a goal because what we've seen this season so far and, and, and a good part of last season was we give up a goal, our heads go down. And, and to Jake's point, one of the biggest takeaways from the game was uh, when we went down, we didn't collapse. We didn't put our head down. We went down and we, we went back after them. Uh, Schalke was definitely trying to get back into the game, obviously with the 4-1, 4-1 formation switch, uh, taking off Ibisevic, bringing in Pacienza. Uh, and it didn't take him long. Uh, you know, we talk about Skripsky not being really involved in the game. That's, you know, a downer for me. But he did show up in the 68th minute. He gets a long ball, gets a pass uh, over the top, uh, catches the volley, struck it really nicely, Jack, uh, forced the goalkeeper to make a save, forced a corner kick. Um, and that was big because that corner kick would end up going to Mascarell. Uh, Mascarell will cross it in. And Paciencia near post, just like Frederich. Uh, gets the goal in a big goal. Uh, you can see he was pumped up. The team was pumped up. Uh, I was like, "Here we go. This, this is what we're looking for: some fight in the team." And we finally saw some of that. I was far more emotional when we scored that goal than I anticipated being. And you know, there weren't even that many fans in the stadium. There was what three hundred people in the stadium. But I really felt like the emotion of that moment, and you could see how much it meant to the players. Um, and it meant a lot to me personally watching it just because, I mean, yeah, to the to the point of, of you know, some of our, our viewers right now, that's what we've been saying is, is, is part of the issue is yeah. the first goal goes in, the heads drop, and there's there's sort of this, this air of inevitability 
to what's taking place on the field that the players seem, um, you know, unable or even unwilling to, to, to try to overcome at times. And it's, it's a polar opposite to what we used to praise in Tedesco's first season, where it was like, you know, if, if we were losing, we'd find a way to get that goal and he got a draw. And if we were, if we were drawing, we would find a way to get that, that goal and, and grab that, that victory. You know, we didn't have a lot of games where we were winning by two or three goals. It was, you know, it was one goal difference in the score line all the time, but, yeah. um, but it was that kind of effort and that kind of belief that, you know, the, the match isn't over until the final whistle blows as much of a cliche as that is. Um, and so, you know, now that we've had the internet after break to, to come right into a match against, you know, a solid opponent, have them take the lead and have us not entirely just capitulate what was, was, was truly great to see. And, and something that I think the, the team should be proud of and something that hopefully we can build on. Um, Cause I mean, I, I think you and I would both expect that we're going to see some, some goals from our opposition um, you know, in, in the Revere Derby. So we're going to have to be of that mindset if we're going to not have a, have a pretty bad scoreline. Yeah. And, and I think what we took away from also from this game was the game was fairly balanced. Um, you know, it was very gritty game, very, it looked like two teams who were fighting tooth and nail. You look at the stats, it's fairly even, you know, shots eight to 11 in favor of Union, uh, shots on target four to six in favor of Union possession. We had slightly more, but you get that when you're down a goal, uh, in the second half. Uh, so it, it was a pretty overall good game. Um, from that standpoint, uh, we do earn our first point of the season. Uh, now we're not, no longer in dead last. Uh, we're one point ahead of Mainz. Nothing to brag about because our goal differential is still like 10 worse than they are. So uh, not a great place to be, but um, it is an improvement. That's what we're talking about. It, and that's what I've been trying to convey all day long is that, no, it's not where we want to be, but it's a lot better than what we had been. And we're, it's baby steps. The next week is going to be difficult. No doubt about it. You're playing a team that's, you know, firing on all cylinders. Halan scoring a million goals. Uh, Gio Reyna is playing really well. The team is playing real well. So how we do against them is going to be big. I mean, if we got to be disciplined. we got to be, you know, we saw some of that in the game against Union where we were tactically, we were able to hold our stuff. But, you know, they did get a lot of opportunities. Union did. And they're not Dortmund. They're not Bayern. They're not Leipzig. So that worries me some. We need to fix those things. Um, and I know Baum is trying to work on that because he even said so in his presser uh, last week where, you know, I want to focus on the defense and build from that. So interesting. It's a big week. This is going to come across as me trying to draw a conclusion that there's not nearly enough evidence or data for. But one other thing that I would say, if you're trying to take positives away from this, is that, um, you know, despite the fact that we only have two goals through four matches, which is bad, uh, both yep. those goals have come from forwards. Um, yep. in, in Uten Paciencia. And that was a problem for us last season where you were seeing, you know, some of our highest scores being, I mean, Harit, Suat Serdar. Um, and, you know, those guys scoring those kind of goals, that, that's great for your team if you're also getting the production up top and we weren't. So, you know, the fact that the goals we have scored have come from the people that are supposed to be scoring them more often than not, I think is a positive sign as well. And it was nice to see Paciencia come in and have that kind of impact because I thought he was pretty poor in the Leipzig game. Yep. And that was a nice bounce back, uh, bounce back performance from him. Thorogood mentioned something on the telecast where he said, uh, you know, now that uh, um, Paciencia has got his first goal, you should start him against Dortmund. Um, and while I don't disagree with him f for sure, you know, what I saw, what I've seen if, if, with a healthy Mark Ut, I saw the the chemistry between him, Ramon, and Ibisevic were, was really good uh, in that friendly. Granted, it's a friendly. I get it. But I think Ibisevic is, has that experience that paciencia doesn't have in a big game would be would be pivotal for me i think to start more so than come off the bench because uh, no doubt about it those are the two guys going to come on or off you know one starts and the other one comes off the bench i would for me personally i would rather have a beast of it start with his know-how and maybe try to find some kind of dirty goal early in the game and then bring on paciencia who has a little bit more pay a little bit more pace um a little bit more trickery that he can you know maybe uh do something exploit a tired dortmund i don't know what are your thoughts on, on those two players You're on mute, buddy. <laughs> it's a good call. Um, my my thoughts on those two players would be that uh, no Katuchu. Even in the match today, where we saw Skripsky and Benito Roman and Abisevic. Frustrating, um, isn't it? And several substitutions. No Ahmed Katuchu. Um, and, and, and me saying that isn't you know a, a criticism of the guys that have been out there, because I think when we're, as a team, creating as few opportunities as we are, it's very difficult to, to judge um, any of our forwards on the volume with which they're getting involved in the play. 
Um, I think you can really only judge them on whatever few opportunities that they have. So I'm, I'm not criticizing Paciencia or Uder Ibisevic for, um, you know, kind of being absent for long stretches of the match. I think that's something that like the midfield and the rest of the team has to work out. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's still frustrating that we have this guy that we think is talented. who's getting very few opportunities from David Wagner and now Manuel Baum um, as well, because we need to score goals. That's a yeah. fact. I yeah. mean, we're not we're not scoring enough goals. It, there was an improvement defensively today, in terms of faking, uh, fixing the leaky defensive issues that we've had. But uh, we also need to score. And and there's an argument to be made that we're not consistently putting some of our better offensive players in a position to score goals for us. So, um, but I, I like the fact overall that that we're throwing new guys in and giving a variety of players an opportunity. Um, I think that's a good thing. I think, you know, every time you get a, a regime change in terms of the manager, um, it's a blank slate to some extent. Um, and it's, it's, everyone has to kind of re-earn their spots. And, and there's, you know, hopefully people are motivated right now and really trying. And I think that's only going to be a good thing. Um, the more competition for places, you know, it should hopefully raise the level of, of play from everybody in the team. So that's, that's good to see. And I agree. I agree with that. And, Though I don't think uh, Katuchu is a winger by any stretch. Um, I think he could be an improvement over Skripsky on the right side, at least. Um, though he's more of a central player. Harit, you know, will certainly add a dimension to the team. I, I do want to see Oot play on the team on the starting lineup if he's healthy enough to do it. Now, how do you fit Oot with Harit and, you know, whomever else, Rahman? I mean, Rahman probably in the left wing, but where does, where does Harit fit into this? Maybe he plays on the right side. Who knows? Or plays in the middle and plays play Oot in the right. I, I thought... I thought Oud played look has looked best for him when he's played second striker. We've talked about this before. That's his best role, but that's kind of Harit's best role too, right? Playing right behind the striker, playing in that uh, the ten role. So uh, you know maybe we play with two tens. We did that in the second half against Union. That's an option. Uh, I do want to see both those players play for sure. We know we don't know how long Sergio's going to be out, and at this point, really, we should we should rest him because he's injury prone as it seems. Give him more time, uh, even if you think he's ready. Give him another week or two just to make sure. But uh, for me, at least, the only, I don't know who I want in the derby for sure, but Oot and Harit have to be playing, I think, starting in that game. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You know, if, if we see what we saw in this match where you kind of have those, those double eights or if you want to call them double tens, whatever. Yep. Um, I, ideally then, and I know that Serdar is unhealthy, but ideally I think maybe you'd say you'd want Harit and Serdar to be those, sure, yeah. those, those two guys. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I, I think if you put Harit central, it makes it harder to get Bentaleb on the field as well. Yeah, um, he's been playing better. He's playing playing better. So, yeah, uh, and, and I, th- I think all of us are still somewhat unconvinced that that Harit can effectively play the winger position. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, but I still feel like he's better central when he's yeah. involved and is on the ball and can affect things on the dribble. You know, quickly get by one or two guys and then spring a pass. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree, though. I, I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing Mark Oot back in the lineup, give him another chance if he's healthy. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still a lot of exploring that, that can be done this early in the season yeah. um, with different with different shapes, with different personnel. And, it, it, you know, it could still take us a few weeks before we really get a good picture of um, what might be the best uh, combination of, of, of personnel and, and tactics. And Gert made a good point of saying, you know, Harid made a big difference in the second half. He did. He he was more lively than what we we had out there previously. And so, yeah, we got to find some way to bring put both those players out there. Because, um, the, the, like I said, yes, it's a, it was a test field, a friendly. But what we saw was that Baum was using Uth as a main focus in that game, and that, that could have been also because Harid was out. Maybe that's who he was really wants in there. Who knows? But I think both of them in there could really add something. Uh, Uth has been our only goal scorer up until you know this game so um yeah whatever we do we got to figure it out um get those two on there um i don't think Serge is gonna be ready yet i doubt fairman is but Renault is playing really well uh definitely no reason to take him out um and it's a huge test it's a huge test against Dortmund. we know who they got i mean obviously finding some way i mean you know, one of the questions we're going to get to later is you know defensively whoever's back there with sane um they need to figure out a way to stop halan Keep an eye on him. It's gonna you're not gonna be able to stop him. You just keep an eye on him and, and try to neutralize him as best you can. Whether that means help from Mascarell or somebody else, somebody somebody's got to put a body on Reyna as well. He's been lights out this season so far. We may see Jaden Sancho. Um, who knows what we're gonna what Dorman's gonna throw at us? And it's gonna be high power, and we have to figure out a way to be disciplined and then counter on that because um, pace is not gonna be our friend. 
I think they probably outpace us in every position uh, on that on the on the field. So uh, we have to be smart about it, counter and and quicker passes. To your point earlier, because uh, that's a, that's the only way. Because if we're just gonna be slow footed about it, they're gonna tear us apart. Dortmund's form early this season has been kind of interesting, though. I mean, I, I'm not optimistic. I'm not optimistic about this match, given you know there's the overwhelming volume of of attacking talent. Um, that they have and, and talent that's significantly better than what we're working with. But, um, you know, despite a couple big wins, they, they've also lost to, to Augsburg. Augsburg, two nothing, right? And uh, yeah, something like that. And, and Byron as well. So um, a few big wins, one close win, a couple losses. Like, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a dominant opening from from Dortmund. And um, I think especially when you consider that most people would concede uh, that uh, in the derbies over the past, I don't know, four years or so, you would probably say, and potentially longer than that, you would say that Dortmund has been coming into those matches as the better team with a clear edge. And despite that, we've gotten some results against them. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I hate those cliches, but in the derby, you never know. And Dortmund hasn't been super consistent. So, you know, m- maybe we catch them. Who knows? We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. But I but oh. I agree. But I have to, I agree. You have to you have to keep an eye on on Holland and and um you know you, you just got to be aware of the fact that he just commits to runs. I mean, he, the, the, some of what he does isn't particularly complex or, no. or brilliant. It's just that like he you know the ball turns over and he attacks immediately attacks and has channel, conviction yeah. and makes his run and sticks with it. And if you're not you know willing to run with him, and if you're not you know, uh, in the right mindset to know that he's going to be coming at you the second the ball turns over, um, you're going to be, you're going to have a problem. But, you know, if you just keep a body on him and, and realize that, you know, somebody's job and potentially most people's job is going to have to just be being aware of where this guy is at all times, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah. M- make other people come up with the goals, you know, make Marco Royce be the hero, make, make Giovanni yeah. Reina do something, you know, make all these other Jaden Sancho, um, you know, for the talk of how great of a player he is, M- make somebody else do it. Don't, don't give them, um, easy opportunities. I mean, there's a couple things that we we saw in the uh, in the derby in the second half of the season last year that were just like, come on. Wait, I mean, yeah, it's it's what we always say on this. At least what I always say on this podcast is, there's teams that are better than you, right? And and they're great offensively, and they're probably going to break you down because they're that good. Make them break you down. Don't be don't yourself. don't yeah. Don't give cheap goals. Don't make it worse than it has to be. Yeah, and I think what we need to do, at least with with Halan, I should say is. Keep a body on him tight because he has a marvelous shot. Both foot, he's two footed. I mean, he's got a laser accuracy from wherever he's shooting from. So don't give him time. Do not give him. Put somebody. I don't care if you have to shadow him the whole game. Just do that and try to figure out the rest of it. That's the. That's, I think that's the, that's a big thing with with him. Um, but yeah, it's it's. But they're not they're not indefensible. I mean, they they had a tough game against Hoffenheim this weekend. Only beat them one nothing. Um, and we've seen them. Uh, they haven't been like you said. That even though they're play, they're. They're up there in the standings. They, you know, they have that loss against Augsburg. They, they are not, they're not unbeatable. Um, so, or they're beatable, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it can be done. We just have to have a much better performance than we saw in the Rook Runda uh, last season, uh, which was just pitiful coming out of the, the COVID start. Um, so, that's a big thing. I, and we said we mentioned earlier that the Ultras met with a team. Uh, and they're expecting a lot more, expecting not only the performance that they had against Union, but a better, even a better one than that, because you need that against a team of, of Dortmund's caliber. Um, and we knew this first five run, first five games were going to be a difficult run, Jack. Um, there's no we, – we talked about – we flirted with the idea that it possibly could be 0-5. We're not going to get 0-5, but it still could – you still could have four losses. Um, and Yeah, two of two of the three first matches for Manuel Bomber are Leipzig and Dortmund. I mean, that's <laughs> – even if he was the coach for for two years already, that'd be difficult. And we've been and we've been playing well during that period of time. We would still say that these are two matches where we could, you know, drop points. They're certainly not guaranteed. So, um, yeah. Once again, I know it's the derby. There's there's pride involved. There's there's higher emotions. There's more investment than there would be in a typical match. Got to be prepared for the fact that it might not be particularly pretty, and that that's just kind of where we are. It is going to be part of the natural process, and doesn't necessarily mean we're taking a step back already with Baum from from the match we just saw with Union Berlin. Um, yeah. it is still partially about the performance which is what you've been saying consistently over the few weeks is like, how does it look? Even if the results not there, how do you come away from that match feeling that could be a play at, at Dortmund, but, um, I'm not particularly worried about what goes on in this one. And I'm kind of looking beyond it. Yeah. Um, if I'm being honest, which is a pretty insane thing to say about the Revere Derby, but it's, I mean, yeah, 
I'm not I'm not as emotionally invested as I otherwise would because I understand right. where we are. We want to see we just want to see an improve. I want to see an improvement. I want to see that we are taking those steps onto the next, right? We look better against Union. I want to see it better. We may not win the derby. I would love to win. I would love to win or get a draw, but I want to see a better performance than they did against Union. More heart, more it's a the freaking derby. I want to see that passion. Um, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Like you said, I, I'm not going to be fully invested as I normally have in because the team has been so bad. Um, but I want to see that fighting spirit, that Malachar, that you know, the Derek Ray was talking about, that coal miner, you know, mentality. Just fight. I want to see fighting for loose balls, fighting for everything, hustle, kind of like we saw Ramon doing today and a couple other guys. But it has to be for the full 90. It has to be for the full 90, freaking 95 minutes. It has to be uh, to have any kind of, you know, uh, face, keep any kind of face after this game. So, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one, Jack. Uh, no doubt about it. Big week for for us. This is typically the time of year where we're gonna go to like watch parties and stuff and set something up for the derby. But un- obviously under COVID, there are much different times and uh, no watch parties, at least in person, that we're gonna be attending or anyone's gonna be attending uh, in the in the states. There may be a couple of cities here and there that might be doing it, but uh, for the most part, we're gonna be doing this virtually, Jack. So um, yeah, big game Saturday, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern, eleven thirty p.m. Your time Central um so yeah and 6 30 you know in, in in german time so yeah it's gonna be a big one jack and uh yeah any if um doug's right here he's saying i know derby games are all about emotion hopefully we bring the emotion i'm hoping that you know dormen are overlooking this game and they're just like you know hey we got the that win easily and they're overlook it make it more difficult for them we'll see we'll see it's a it's a long way to and hopefully that that demonstration from the ultras uh, today is, is going to actually be positive encouragement and not put a bunch of negative psychological pressure on this team. Cause I do think the team is, is in this somewhat fragile mental position that Manuel Baum is, is rapidly trying to, you know, yeah. desperately trying to, to change and, and instill confidence. So um, part of me, I, I don't know exactly what was said, but part of me feels like, you know, the, the team got a result today, took a step forward in the right direction. And that was kind of a positive. And then for that to be the match where the ultras confront them, um, I don't know. I, I would have tried to be more. It depends on what the kind of the, the tone of it was, but yeah, right. hopefully, hopefully that was a positive thing. And, and as Doug said, you know, it's all about emotion. Hopefully they're fired up, ready to go, willing, willing to put in, you know, a full 90 minute shift and, and, and really fight for it, regardless of what the scoreline is at the end, you know, g- give, give the fans something to to hold on to coming out of that match. Yeah. From all indications, the, the sport lines, uh, journalist and the name is escaping me at the moment. He made it seem like it was more of a peaceful type thing where they were just talking, but they're like, if you don't you don't show up at the derby, you're gonna see us in a more angry, angry voices as opposed to now we're more calm and relaxed outside the stadium. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about the timing of it. I get why they did it because you, you we haven't seen great you know performances from the club in uh, last year, probably more. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it, we'll see. You know, Sasha Risa said it, it, it's a it was a definitely motivational thing. We'll see how the team takes it next week. We will know once the game starts how, how the team reacts to that. So, yeah, yeah, big game. So um, we did ask, uh, you know, our listeners if they had any questions or comments about, you know, the game. If you are in the chat, please let us know. We'll, we'll talk about it here on the air. Some of the questions I saw, Jack, uh, first coming from uh, Chalca, Argentina. Uh, and this is in Spanish, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to translate it for you. So it says, with the return to Sané, um, he's been good. But who is gonna who's gonna be his teammate? Who's gonna be his partner uh, in the defense? There is it gonna be Nastasic, Stambouli, or Kabak? Uh, and a follow up to that is from Shaka Costa Rica saying, you know, they're thinking Malik Tiao. He's young, he has a lot of you know um, passion. He wants to do better. He may be a good partner for for Salif Sane. What do you what do you think, Jack? When it comes to Malik, I think uh, he just hasn't gotten anywhere near the amount of minutes he would need to get for me to be able to just say, yeah, slot him in there and partner him with with Sané. Um, you know, maybe over the next season or two, we see him step into that role. Um, it's possible. I'm not ruling it out. I just I don't think we've we've be given enough of a sample size of him to be able yeah. to ha- say that with any confidence. Um, I, I don't think anyone's going to say that it can be Stambouli on the back of the performances that he's put yeah. in so far this season. He looks very much off the pace entirely and not a good option. Um, I think I think when it comes to Matai Nasic, you're, you're talking about a guy that maybe has a little bit lower of a ceiling um, than Ozan Kabak, but but has a potentially higher floor um, in terms of slightly more level-headed, generally more consistent. Um, uh, so I, I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think I agree that Sané is probably like the automatic lock, and then I think it's going to be a battle uh, between 
Kabak and, and Nasic when those two guys are available, you know, who gets in there and partners with them. It's kind of funny because we probably thought uh, not too long ago that we thought Kabak was the main guy and it would have been San- Sané or Nastasic or Sambuli coming in there. You know, we, 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 we agree that Sané has fantastic ability. He's, he seems to be a leader now on the team. Uh, he's got, he can play, you know, all various positions, but he's, he's pretty solid. He's fairly solid. He partners the Koulibaly with Senegal. So uh, he's a really good player. So I, I agree with you. I think Sané is going to be the number one pick. No more, no doubt about it. Uh, for me, you know, spitting aside, I think I'm probably going to put Kabak just because we, we he played fairly. He one of the, he's one of the few bright spots of the club last season. Um, you know, consistently trying to bring the game. Uh, he's a he's a threat defensively. Uh, you know, offensively as well. Um, he's young. He's you know everything about him is I like. Stambouli, I agree with you 100. percent He does. I don't want to see him on that pitch unless he's coming on a sub role and a midfielder. Um, he's been too suspect this season, and I love Stambouli, uh, but I think he's he brings more negativity than positivity to the club and and to the team on the pitch, I should say, because there's so many unknowns with him. It's like, is he going to be able to stop this play? Is he going to get a yellow? We don't know. Um, you know, Nastasis, like you said, Nastasis brings a lot of. Uh, he's what you would want, but you know, it's a coin toss for me with him and Kabak, and I'm going to go slight with Kabak. Just because in a game, if it was a if it was a derby game, I would say for sure Kabak because I think Nasasha is maybe a yellow card, red card waiting to happen. But I think you can't go wrong with either one. I think Sane has to be the number one pick overall when you're doing when you talk about it defensively. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I guess the long answer with <laughs> you. So uh, looking at some of the comments here, um, Doug Jackson says, "Yeah, today we gave a full ninety. That hasn't happened until today. I agree about that." Um, well, for the most part, uh, you know, we, this is the best game we've played in a while in terms of, you know, putting pressure and looking somewhat competent. Um, Joseph says, you know, the ultras did the right thing. They must bring the energy to the players and so they can feed off of that. And Doug agrees with that too as well. Um, so, yeah, you know, a lot of people think that the, what the ultras did is good. And uh, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it rubs off well on the team. And uh, Yeah, I wasn't trying to pass judgment one way or the other. I was oh, just yeah, saying yeah. – Given the fragile mental state that this team appears to be, and I yep. hope that they took that the right way I agree and, and, and and got the right message from that rather than that maybe you know affecting their confidence. And I, I think the point that Doug makes here in the chat, which he says that the supporters haven't had their say during the games, um, is a fair point as well because they yeah. haven't been in the stadium to actually voice that during the matches. So they've had far less of an opportunity than they typically might. And that, that that's a fair point to keep in mind. Um, so maybe they felt like they needed to do this and wanted to get this one word in before um what i think we all agree is you know one of the two biggest matches of the year which is the first edition of the revere derby yeah and uh you know joseph brings a good point you know hopefully they can you know safely attend at least the trainings if nothing else uh and chant i think this week we're going to see and you know, whether they can or can't the, the ultras are going to be at the training grounds at least you know as close as they can get the chant away because we've seen that in the past um and i think they can do safe, so safely uh if we can allow 300 into the stadium you could probably do 300 you know, in the nearby around the seat, around the field, I should say. So let's see. Um, Joseph says, uh, or Doug says, uh, is there going to be a River Derby Zoom? So um, we are talking with Schalke. We may be able to do it. If we do, we'll let you know as soon as possible, whether it's on Twitter or whatever. We'll, we'll find a way to let you know. Um, we did one last year uh, at, the, uh, at the Rook Runda. So uh, stay tuned for that. We don't know as of yet, but it could possibly happen. It's a very good possibility. Things are going to be more virtual these days than they are going to be in person. So uh, if there's going to be a Zoom, we're going to have one. So stay tuned for that for sure. Um, let's see what other questions I had. Of course, uh, my my screen goes to sleep when, when this happened. Um, last question that I saw uh, with Mascarell. This comes from Eric Houston on Twitter. Uh, with Mascarell taking the set pieces and Sonny and the sausage coming forward, the team looks incredibly exposed. Uh, can we get someone else practicing these, please? So I think there's two things here. Uh, first... Mascarell taking the set pieces, and then two, we're getting exposed with you know the, the the big center backs coming up on the set pieces, and then again getting caught on the counters. What are your thoughts on both of those? I think I heard James Thurgood say that he that he thought the decision for Mascarell to to be taking some of these was was strange, given that he's probably not the best taker um, of, of these on the team. I didn't think he was that bad today. I thought he was consistently at least getting it into the right areas. Um, and we saw John Bozdawan take one that didn't really get past the first man. Um, Ochipka had like at least one that was decent, but so I didn't think he was bad in that regard. But I understand the point that's being made that if you're going to have Mascarell take those and bring up the center backs and everything, then you, some of your defensive players, um, you know, uh, are too high up the pitch, you might get exposed. I think that's usually when, when teams have some of the faster players 
take a step back to, to make sure they can cover that. Um, not something I'm overly worried about, but um, yeah, it, slightly strange that maybe we didn't see, you know, Harit take one later in the match or, you know, Bentaleb when he was on the pitch. Um, Cause those would be guys that you would think would be more natural for that, that kind of role. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not, yeah, I agree with you. Muscarel didn't do badly, but I think what he differs from like, I know Chipko or someone who's known for taking set pieces is he was, ha- he had the accuracy. So like in the second half, we had some opportunities through his set pieces. Like there's one in particular, and I don't remember when it was, it was certainly late in the game. Uh, he had a lofted pass. It went in the middle. I think uh, Paciencia got it or Nasasage got it, uh, but it had no power to it, had no pace to it. So there's always so much he could do with it with that header. Um, what I think Ochipko or, or you know someone else who's more of a set piece specialist could do is bring that pace. So when the, so when a player gets their head on it, at least it has more chance of getting in the goal than you know a lofted pass because his accuracy is there, no doubt about it. it wasn't doing bad. He was going. He, he was well intended. Obviously, we got a goal from it. Um, but you know what? You have to see more pace on those kind of kicks because that's when it gets really dangerous. You saw in the Trimble on his crossing. I mean, he had a lot of pace. That's probably the why, reason why it went, it went past Renault. Uh, yeah, speed. I guess what I would say is if I had to choose between, um, you know, uh, being in the right area 100% of the time but having the right pace 50% of the time and as opposed to having the right pace 100% of the time but the right area 50% of the time, I'd probably choose the location of the cross Yep. Um, over the pace um i i'd rather have it you know be getting past the first man consistently in um in an area where one of our guys can do something with it yeah maybe there's times it doesn't have the pace on it um for them to get as as powerful and, and strong as a header as they would need to to catch the goalkeeper wrong-footed um but yeah i mean i i didn't see anything out there today that i was overly concerned about in terms of like you know like why the hell is this guy taking these things maybe to change that immediately i thought i thought it was okay yeah. um but I, I it's also not something that i'm married to or, or locked into in any way yeah i was more like why the hell is katusha not coming off for skripsky more than i was mm-hmm. <laughs> not girl off the set pieces but i digress um yeah <laughs> uh anything else that's all the questions i saw both on chat and uh and uh, on twitter twitter instagram and all that facebook uh anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this up no I'm, I'm good i'm just glad that we we finally got a result and we did it um you know it, in a comeback manner, which I think is also good for the psychology. So yes, um, yes. a result, a goal come from behind result, uh, a couple good things to take from this one. And um, we go again next week. Yeah, we go again Saturday. Uh, yeah. Big game, big game for sure. Again, you haven't done the Shaka us newsletter, please sign up for that. Uh, keep, keep tuning in each week as we uh, bring you the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Chalka and all our followers for providing us tidbits for our podcast tonight. If there are any topics you would like us to discuss, just tweet us at Schalke America. Uh Jack, any special friends or shout outs we should do? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too. I'm good too. I'm going to shout out to Cedric. Cedric Zalmat. Uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? At J.M. Mangan, J-M-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Ah, it's like music coming off there. Once again, I'm your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter or anywhere on social media, really, at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Tschüss.